This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll have security expert John Cilio talking about identity theft and something that actually happened to your humble host. We'll hear from Peter Cohen and later from Stephen Baker of the NPD Group about Apple's financials, all this and lots more this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Returning with us now is security expert John Cilio. And he's got an interesting new book I want to get into in a moment. It's called The Smartphone Survival Guide, 10 Critical Security Tips in 10 Minutes. But we're giving him more than that. We'll give him 30, 20 or 30. How's about that? John, I've got to tell you a story. And this is common with a lot of people. So I go check my online account. And I get this notice that some purchase was made with a photo electronics, consumer electronics store in New York City for almost $1,400. Now, wow. Understand, I didn't make that purchase. Somebody somehow purloined my debit card number and they made this transaction. Now, fortunately, I called them up and they reversed it and I contacted the vendor. They sent me the information, which I can send to the authorities as to who placed the order. And it appeared to be somebody in the same city in which I live. So I was thinking here, it wasn't online. It was probably somebody at a local store. What's your take on this? Yeah, chances are it was it was probably somebody at a local store unless you've been part of a breach and, you know, and that debit card was part of the breach. But are you in Arizona? Yes, I am. You know, I was giving a, uh, a speech to a corporation in Arizona and heard I had probably three or four people come up and tell me the same thing. So it's starting to be more of a pattern for this particular breach. I'm wondering if what happened here in Colorado recently with debit cards was there was a gas station where all six pumps had um, skimmers on them and the entire town essentially gets their gas there and the entire town of Bennett, Colorado lost lost their identities in that way and I'm wondering if it's something similar going on in Arizona because at this recent speech, as I said, I, I, I had more people asking me that exact same question. A skimmer. Explain to our listeners what that means. Yeah, a skimmer is one of those little devices. It's just like what you would pass your card through, you know, on a point of sale machine when you go to Starbucks or the, the pin pad at your grocery store, but it's tiny, it's remote, it's not connected to anything, and it just stores the data inside of a little chip. It's it's self-powered. So you can hook those things onto ATM machines, you can carry them in your pocket if you're a waiter and you simply skim the contents of the card and then you've got the information that you need to make up a fake card or to make purchases on the internet. John, and I want to ask you something about that. Okay, so anybody can hook up one of these skimmers or do they have to have access to the internal computer? They do not. It's oh. totally external. It's, it's as simple as, I mean, you want it to look authentic if you're doing it on an ATM machine. So, it, you know, it's not perfect, but generally they slip over the existing card reader so that when you put your card in, not only is the, the bank getting the information, but the skimmer is. 
you know, you put it in and it, it skims it. If it's the, the case of a, uh, you know, a clerk or somebody who has one in their coat pocket, you know, it's the size of a lighter. No, you skim through and, and nobody ever knows you've done it. It takes half a second. And there's no security with these machines that they could somehow ward off that kind of thing. It's difficult. Essentially, the security is as a user, when you go to your ATM machine, if you, you know, frequent the same place, just check to make sure that something doesn't look different. You know, note if there's a strange new device hanging off of it or if there's a new camera that's recording your PIN number as you type it in up in the corner. It's unfortunately, they're so easy to put on. It's it's kind of incumbent upon us users to take a look at if something has changed at that particular machine. Well, the problem would be it's a machine you haven't used before, but still at your bank. It's inside your Circle K or your 7-Eleven convenience store. How do you know? What are the signs to tell me? I walk in there and I'm the technology guy. You know, if I can't see it, very few people can. What do these things look like that will be obviously different from the genuine reading mechanisms? They're unfortunately not that different unless you know what it looked like before. It may protrude out of the, the machine more than the regular. But again, if you don't know the regular, how do you know that? It may be a different color scheme. But the ones that are good, I mean, the ones they put on these gas station pumps were the exact color, the exact look. You could not tell them differently. So what this really gets to, the point it gets to is you shouldn't be using your debit card. It's far higher risk because the money comes out of your account. You then have to prove it wasn't you before you get it back. It can take up to six weeks to do that. Whereas with a credit card, you simply call the credit card company, tell them to reverse the purchase and make the person prove it. They, of course, can't do it. And the money never leaves your account in the first place. There's another thing, too. You can take a debit card and use it as a credit card. Doesn't matter. It still has the ability as a debit card. So if that functionality is enabled, you're stuck if that card gets scammed. So that point, you still have to deal with your bank or financial institution and see what their protections are. Correct. So, you know, my very high recommendation is if you want an ATM card, get an ATM only card that works at your ATM machine and no place else or with your bank. You may keep have one, but don't use it for your daily transactions. Keep that thing separate and use a credit card in place of it. I think, though, that if these things are happening at these stores or gas stations or even banks which have an external ATM machine, that somebody at the bank has to be complicit. Otherwise, they'd notice it. They'd look for it, wouldn't they? You know, when the banks service them, they go in through the back. Um, that's how you get into the, the, you know, the cash features. They rarely go to the front. So, you know, it may only be eight hours that it's on there. And then the person comes and retrieves it at night and takes it away to pull the numbers off. So it's not necessarily even there in the time span that the bank is is looking at it. It's very common that, a, you know, a bank wouldn't look for days. So in a situation like this, somebody sneaks in there at four or five o'clock in the morning, hooks up the machine or this reader. And then at night, after the bank hours close or whatever, they retrieve their devices. Exactly. Or they may drive up during business hours and look like they're doing a transaction and just simply pull that thing off as if they're pulling the card away. <sighs> what can you it's do anymore? Awesome, <laughs> now, when you do online transactions, though, because then supposedly you're dealing with the vendor. Are there problems there, too, where that information can be intercepted? I'm assuming you're going to a legitimate store that everybody knows about an Amazon.com, an Apple store, a Mac Mall, PC Connection, Best Buy, places that you know and you trust. 
can someone give that information? Yeah, of course. There's always possibility for somebody to be in the middle, you know, especially if they've installed some sort of spyware on your computer or you don't protect it correctly or if you're making the transaction on a free internet connection while you're, you know, sitting at Starbucks and, and you don't have a protected connection. The place that we're really seeing the problem, and, and you mentioned the smartphone survival guide, is people doing these transactions over their smartphones. And we'll get and, into that in a moment. I want to kind of hold that off for a moment. But okay, now on a Mac, obviously, we don't have spyware, but you could still get email. Click on the email, not realizing you're going to a bogus site for your bank account or for one of your online merchants that you deal with. That's correct. You can, you know, whether it's a, a phishing scam that's sending you elsewhere or even on a, on a Macintosh, there, you know, there are ways to get you to, uh, to enter information in such a way that it's being, it's being sniffed over the network. It's being intercepted. And, you know, it's, it's not a huge percentage, but if your computer isn't, isn't protected in some way, particularly if you have a Windows computer, if you're not running, you know, the latest operating system, if you haven't updated the antivirus and the spyware and, and keeping that up to date, you're, you're at a huge risk. Now, according to our security expert, Rich Mogul, I don't know if you know him, he says that Windows 7 is pretty good about that, but you still get the virus protection software. Yeah, it is. And Windows has done a lot between XP and and uh, whatever that middle one was. The version that we do not wish to recognize, codename Vista. Vista, yes, that's the one. You have to forget that. That's the one we want to forget about because it was a nightmare for Microsoft. We'll have more nightmares or not <laughs> so much nightmares, but more solid information from John Cilio, including how to protect your smartphone from problems. Coming up next, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard 
standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793, 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art, up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, PlantSkid. PlantSkid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. PlantSkid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain, not PlantSkid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. PlantSkid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use PlantSkid, member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSkydd.com. Ask about our new vol repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. PlantSkid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightall.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com. We return. John Cilio, security expert. We were talking about identity theft, about how they might skim the information off your credit card when you make a retail transaction. Maybe that's what happened to me because the person who made this bogus transaction was actually from the address and phone number information the person gave local. Now, the other thing, too, and I want to ask you about this, John Cilio, on the Tech Night Out Live, is now normally... An online merchant, this was a responsible merchant, they'd have a verification procedure before processing a $1,400 transaction. Where did it fail? Because they were concerned about that because they said, you know, normally this shouldn't have passed muster. The question there is, where was the, the material shipped? Do you know? The address they gave, and I'm looking at it right now, and the physical address and the shipping address were the same. 
in Arizona. Are they yours or are they a different address? Totally different name, totally different address, totally different phone number. The so only thing that was the same was the zip code. And so I suppose if they're just checking the zip code to verify, it would pass muster. Yeah, you know, there are, I can name five sites, which I won't do, but that I know that I can go shop at that don't use AVS matching. So they don't use address verification services. And that means that you can buy there and put one address in that it's, uh, you know, the credit card address and another where it's being shipped. And they do nothing about it. My well, in guess this case it, here, it wasn't even that. The credit card billing address was different. The credit card, wow. That's, you're right. That's a, that's a failure on, on their systems. I mean, that doesn't even meet basic PCI compliance laws. Right, because normally in a situation like that, if the billing and shipping address are different, especially for a large transaction, you would think that the dealer would call you and say, hi, we want to verify this purchase. And they didn't, huh? No record of it. That's what they were saying. They couldn't figure out how it happened. Let's talk about smartphones. Now, once again, this is a new book. And from reading the title, you'd think you can just about deal with this in about three seconds but or 10 minutes, depending on a particular point of view. But the book is all about smartphones and protection. And it's called The Smartphone Survival Guide 10 Critical Security Tips in 10 Minutes. Now, we have more than 10 minutes here, so we can be more descriptive. But, okay, what are the basic problems with doing e-commerce or any kind of transaction on a smartphone? There are all kinds of problems. The, the basic, it, it all boils down to the fact that we have now got computers that are phones. It's, you know, when you put that to your ear, you're putting a computer to your ear. And yet we are not protecting them like we do our computers. Most people don't put a passcode on the front end of them. The, the, the most basic of all protections, and you don't have to dial a passcode to get access into that phone, which, again, it, that may have bank logins. It may have company files, emails, uh, access of all types. So just looking at that first step alone, that if you don't have your passcode set um, and you just get in there by clicking the on button, you know, it's like having your laptop unprotected. Now, with iPhones, Apple has a Find My iPhone feature where you can locate your phone and also wipe it if necessary if it's lost. But maybe you won't notice until it's too late. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly why you have to have a passcode because the remote tracking and remote wiping, which are fantastic features, and by the way, you can get software that does that on any smartphone. The, the Apple just happens to come with it. Um, the uh, if if you do not have the passcode turned on, it takes roughly 30 seconds to hook that up to a computer, sync the data with iTunes and get everything that's on the phone. Now, that's so, a question, too. Wouldn't iTunes require that you enter your Apple ID first before it syncs? Um, before it syncs, not if you're not an, a mobile me member, it probably will not. Well, yeah, normally it's going to request some kind of account that you're using. Otherwise, it, you can just sync it with any computer, no matter what. You can you can sync it with you know I haven't I haven't probably tried that in a couple of years, so I don't actually remember if if you can sync it. But I know that the way um, that the that law enforcement is having trouble is they'll take the phones in a Starbucks, they'll take it into their car, sync it. In, you know, and maybe they have a, a, some type of cracking software, but they sync it in 30 seconds to a minute, 
and return the phone to the bathroom of the Starbucks so it looks like it's never stolen and you don't you don't suspect anything. Whoa. The thing I wonder about some people, and I'm going to be critical here, I see people going to a business, not just a bank, but a store, and they take out everything in their pocket. They take out their wallet. They take out their smartphone. It's sitting there on the counter. Their keys are sitting there on the counter. And I'm thinking, what are you thinking of? Someone, while you're engaged in a transaction, grab something of yours for a few seconds if no one's around and do something with it. Why are you leaving this stuff on the counter? It's one thing when you go into your pocket or purse or wallet to get the money or the credit card for the transaction. But why is all the rest of the stuff up there? That's a great question. And the same thing if, if you add that, add the, the purse into the equation or even the laptop bag, the amount of stuff that gets left out. We just did a, a short video of all of the, uh, the Apple computers that were left on, on the tables at a cafe while people go and get a refill, go to the bathroom. I mean, there's thousands of dollars of physical, physical equipment, not to mention the data, the car keys, the client files, the, you know, everything else. Well, you know, the airlines always say, keep your carrying bags and everything with you wherever you go. And what I do, if I go to the bathroom, I kind of keep one hand on my carrying bag or something to make sure nothing happens. I'm totally paranoid about that. And people do that. Maybe they feel more comfortable in the local store because they feel they know everyone. But the issue about Starbucks, okay, if you're using the free Wi-Fi connection anywhere and the local pizza joint has it, or McDonald's has it now. Do you just not do transactions on there? You do not. It is so easy to, to capture those as they go across that free connection, unless you're on a, some sort of a secure connection or, or uh, you know, dealing with a, a much more sophisticated thing like a, a virtual private network, which the average person is definitely not. So, But, but there's an easy answer, and it, it includes your smartphone, which is, you can tether, it's called tethering, it's where you connect your smartphone and your, your laptop together, you surf over the smartphone instead over the free Wi-Fi connection, and all of that data is encrypted because your, your cell phone, whether you're talking or, or sending an email or looking at data, that's all encrypted between you and the tower. Of course, the key to understand there is performance is going to be slower because up till now, most 3G connections, it'll be different with 4G are slower than Wi-Fi. Also, you have to pay an extra fee every month for your wireless carrier to have this tethering feature, but maybe it's worth it. I don't know. You know what's worth it? We're talking with John Cilio. He's a security expert. We're talking about, of course, the things involved with identity theft. And the book that he came out with is called The Smartphone Survival Guide, 10 Critical Security Tips in 10 Minutes. And we've got him on for a little bit longer, and we're going to continue to talk about this and the dangers out there in the wild and woolly east, west, south, and north. No matter where it is, it's wild and woolly. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. 
GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need MyPillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123CheapSolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123CheapSolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123CheapSolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The U.S. economy is at a tipping point. Forty cents of every dollar the government spends is borrowed. The president of the Federal Reserve in Dallas was recently quoted saying, this path will lead to insolvency, resulting in the collapse of our government and our economy. Our country can't function like this, and neither can your household. That's why you need to prepare, and priority one is your food supply. Fortunately, it's easy and affordable with the help of Ready Reserve Foods. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storable foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available. With a 25-year shelf life, a full-year supply of quality food for two people costs a fraction of what you pay at the grocery store. For a free, full-color catalog, call 800-453-2202. That's 800-453-2202. Or visit readyreservefoods.com. Ready Reserve Foods, making preparedness simple since 1972. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. We have John Cilio, and we're talking about protecting your smartphone, not just an iPhone, but an Android phone, any phone, a BlackBerry, everything. Does any particular smartphone have a better handle on security than any other, or are they all the same now? No, I would say that BlackBerry has got a leg up. They've been in the business longer. They were built with security in mind. They've got their entire handset can be encrypted, meaning you can't get to the data unless you've got the password. So I would say right now they are ahead of the game and uh, Apple is probably in second, quickly trying to catch up. I would say Android is a distant third because it's an open platform. There's a lot of apps. Well, all of the apps aren't vetted beforehand. So if you if you load apps on there indiscriminately, I can almost guarantee you've got something on there that's that's siphoning your data off. Tell us about a recent incident, and this is very important here, about malware-ridden apps on the Google Marketplace. It's unbelievable. They just, Google Mar- Marketplace removed 21 apps, Google Dream apps, and they were sending data Everything from the the, uh, contents of your emails, the passwords for your accounts. Some of the the applications were developed by North Korea and were sending data off to North Korea. So just a complete nightmare that when you put that application on there, you are actually agreeing to let them take your data off of your phone and send it to the the writer. It's like the traditional spyware on a regular PC. It's, it is, except it's so much easier to get on there because we are the ones loading it on. You know, they don't have to get us to click on a, on a link that installs the software. You know, we hear about the game Chess. Chess was one of the examples on, uh, on the droid. It was malware. People downloaded it, got to play chess, and in the meantime, it's sending off their banking information. You know what bothers me about that thing, too, is Google was congratulated in the press for removing the apps. Okay, that's like closing the barn door after the cows have gone. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, if Google had a modicum of vetting of these applications before they went up there, this wouldn't happen. You know, being too open, you know, it's like keeping your doors open in your neighborhood. Now, when I was a kid, we could do that, you know? And yeah. I'm a little older than you, John, and, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and we think today, well, the neighborhoods in which I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, are probably combat zones today. But back in the day, you know, you didn't worry so much if you forgot to close the door. You hung out with the neighbors. You trusted the local merchants. They were your neighbors, too. You know, you could trust people then. You know, it's like the movie Pleasantville, USA. doesn't happen anymore. You can't trust anybody. So how can Google expect to manage this thing without looking at the worst-case scenario? And I wonder if they're opening themselves up to legal action here, too. You know, they, of course, say that they are just a marketplace, much like eBay does, that they are only in the business of transactions, not of buying and selling anything. So their legal, uh, they probably actually have left themselves without a whole lot of legal liability. The problem is really the, the marketplace. And when people start discovering, unlike, you know, the iPhone apps, which are vetted and they go through a process to make sure that they're not complete crap. And that's not happening on Android. You can put up any app you want. And that makes it a, a much less stable platform. So I think ultimately they will pay because of the public backlash. I would also think, and I've heard that right now, Google is making some efforts to kind of put more controls in the platform. They're making efforts, for example, to restrict the kinds of changes they could make to the OS. You know, right now, any company that licenses 
the free Google Android OS. They can change the theme. They can change the bundled software. To add insult to injury to Google, which depends on targeted ads for their income, they can remove Google Search and put on Microsoft Bing. Right. Yeah, it's, there's a lot to be said for open architecture software that, that development can move quickly and there's a community that builds around it. But you know what? It is not meant for security. It was never meant for security. And I, I think some of this stuff has to be de- developed in more proprietary ways for the security aspect. And, and Apple clearly has got, you know, got their eyes on that. They're as proprietary as you get, and sometimes that causes troubles. But sometimes, at least, that's better because you can feel that you're comfortable. In the case of the open, wild, wild west situation over at the Android OS, let's assume now that for whatever reason someone buys an Android phone. We know lots of people do. You know, you're dealing with still a few carriers that don't have iPhones. So having an Android phone where you know that you're going to have more potential for security leaks. Is there virus protection software for those devices? There is. There are programs by the, the majors, you know, the Symantex sure. and the Kaspersky's and those, and there's, there's smaller ones. And you pretty much have to have them. If it's a, a Windows phone, a Droid, uh, highly recommend getting the, uh, you know, having one of your apps be security software. Okay, second thing is here, knowing now that nobody's vetting that application that's on there, do you wait for reviews to come in, or how do you even know the reviews Absolutely. are real? Absolutely. That's what, what I recommend is you deal with journals that you trust anyway. You know, if you're a, a Mac user and you like Macworld and you trust it, once you see a review in there and, and the app has been out for a long enough time for people to to uh, take a look at it, look inside the, you know, underneath the hood, so to speak, then yes, I'm comfortable using it. That said, I will not bank at this point on my phone because it's just not time tested enough. It's the, the mobile phones are not ready. There was an article in the, in the uh, USA Today recently, uh, strong recommendation not to bank mobily, same in the Wall Street Journal. It's, it's just not ready yet. Now, I know with our email system and our server, we have SSL logins, both directions. Does that help me? Um, It does, in fact, help you on your email portion of it. So your emails are going back and forth in a a protected or encrypted environment, um, which, which is great. That does not mean that your web surfing is in a protected environment. So then if I'm going to put my password into a site, I should make sure it's got the HTTPS on it. Yeah, HTTPS is a a good start as long as you know that it's a secure site. But again, if you're doing that um, on a a free Wi-Fi, that connection is still going out over the over the open wire i still wouldn't trust it so https by itself is not enough you also have to make sure that your connection is secure okay and that's another thing too when you get the free wi-fi how do you know that you're using the real wi-fi provided by the store the only way you know is by asking if you walk in you say which which one is your network but you know what I can name it the exact same thing as your network and put a, a ghost character in there and you'd never know, you know, half the people will choose one and half will choose the other. That's a good question too. You can you can have two networks with the same name. You can have two networks called Starbucks. Is that gonna cause a conflict or is it basically looking for other parameters to differentiate the network? 
It's you can't have the exact same name. Actually, that's not true. If you've got your own your own um, setup, you can name you could name a hundred the same thing because they're independent pieces of equipment. They're independent routers. Um, so, so basically, I can go into a store and I hook up the Starbucks. Fine, but I don't realize there's six Starbucks in there, and three of them are Starbucks, and three of them are the the identity thieves. That's correct. Who are sitting out in their car? Yeah. And it's the same in airports, and it's the same in hotels. So when you travel, you're at at high risk. That's why spending the fifteen dollars for for tethering. Um, you know, using your smartphone to to connect to the internet with your computer, it's a pretty inexpensive way to to protect that connection. Are you protected if there's an intermediary login which says "agree to our terms of service," or could that be from the bogus people too? They probably wouldn't go to that degree. Um, you know, that's a lot of work, and not enough people care. You know, look that deep into it. They just go and connect. So they're not worried about the, the, the few people who don't. But just because it says that uh, you have to log in doesn't mean at all that it's secure. It just means that you're using a login. John Cilio, security expert, joining us. We'll take him for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app, You Gotta See This, by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. 
Imagine being free of debt in just 12 weeks without payment plans or negotiating or hiring an attorney. 18 years ago, we cracked the code of debt collections and set tens of thousands of people free of their debts. It's called Zero Debt Guaranteed, and it works for all debts. My wages were being garnished, so I used the program and the attorney dropped the case and he returned my money within two weeks. With Zero Debt Guaranteed, your success is guaranteed in writing. There is no other program of its kind. Don't be alone when creditors gang up on you. Call our help desk for lightning fast assistance. Let our team of experts provide the resources to fight back, stop collection calls, prevent and stop wage garnishments and bank levies. Call Zero Debt Debt guaranteed now, 800-477-9256, and ask for free information from an expert who also completed our program, 800-477-9256, or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com, ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We're back with John Cilio, security expert, and we're giving you hints and tips about how to protect yourself with your smartphone, and I guess we'd like you to get an Apple iPhone, but maybe you don't want to. The book is called The Smartphone Survival Guide, 10 Critical Security Tips in 10 Minutes. Now, I've been reading about a potential new feature for smartphones where you can basically do the transactions right on the phone without an intermediary. They have this radio connection to the, I guess, the transaction terminal at a store. Now, that's is frightening. Totally frightening. It's, you know, again, because it's such a young piece of equipment that has not been tested, they're talking about micropayments, which will get rid of, of your Visa and credit card. Problem is they attach directly, most of them attach directly to your bank account, uh, like a debit card would, meaning that if somebody gets in between that transaction, they can drain your entire account. And by the way, they can make it look like it was you that was purchasing in that case meaning you don't get your money back. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So what kind of protections can they devise for this? Because we're hearing about the iPhone 5 may have this micropayment feature. And I'll tell you what, if I had it on my iPhone, I'd rip it out or I'd turn it off or something. Absolutely. The first thing to do is not connect that to your to your bank account, not connect it to anything financial because... Uh, you know, you can imagine if they can get in and, and watch your emails going across and 
other apps can can sniff everything you're doing on that phone, of course they're going to be able to figure out that connection to your bank and and drain it very quickly. Once again, it may have that capability. That doesn't necessarily mean that you start using it right away. Do we assume they will, before they turn this on, and we realize Apple is concerned about security, try to find some way to encrypt the transactions? Yes, they will. No doubt they will encrypt it. And the, one of the current solutions is putting these little financial transactions in what they call a sandbox, meaning that the, the transactions occur separate from anything else on that computer or that smartphone. The problem is, as of right now, the, the sandbox can be hacked in about 30 seconds. You kind of worry when you think about that kind of security lapses about the electronic voting machines about the rumor for mischief there. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit uh, a little bit scary. And, you know, not to take a paranoid view because these, these technologies are going to be a standard and they are going to be adopted. Just like, you know, credit cards, if you would ask somebody in the, in the 60s about credit cards, there was all kinds of fear and, and disbelief. Well, these will come of age. It's just that they're not there yet. They're not, they're not protected. And much like you wouldn't necessarily buy the first immediate version of the new Windows, you know, you might wait for version 2 on this one. It won't just be SP1 Service Pack 1, but version 2.0.1 to get past the first .0 bugs. That's my, that's my recommendation. Don't take the first iPad, get the second one, and you get all the great fixes. Well, Apple, of course, is pretty good about getting fixes pretty quickly. And I won't say anything about the BlackBerry Playbook, which doesn't have its own email software. Do you have a BlackBerry, by the way? I do not. I switched my BlackBerry for an iPhone. You see, you're all Mac all the time. I am. Got to tell these people that. Do you say that on your public appearances? Hey, get a Mac. You know, I do. When people ask, uh, I let them know I have a Mac because there just aren't the same issues. It's There isn't the same market share. The hackers don't go after it. And uh, and with a Unix-based system, it's it's much more built in to have that security. So, yeah, I, I highly, I will proselytize for Mac. <laughs> now, before we let you go, we have a few minutes left. Any other tips or hints you can drop about smartphone protection? Because we've gotten into, of course, the malware apps and, of course, secure logins and Wi-Fi networks and stuff. What else? You know, one, one of the main things is as you're putting materials on the, the smartphone, think about what it is. Are you, you, know, are you loading on a, an Excel spreadsheet with passwords or a text editor page with passwords and actually try and limit what you put on that phone because it's so easy to steal just physically it's small and it's easy to pick up and it's so easy to hack because it's it doesn't have the uh the security levels that that a computer would and the average person isn't putting a password on it so just watch out what you put on that thing in the first place it's also true that a lot of people are trying to use especially an ipad not as much an iphone or a similar smartphone they're trying to use it as a substitute for a primary computing device. And more and more you'll see that, especially with tablet computers. You bet. It is, uh, in the business world, it is replacing many of the functions of, of a laptop. And the funny part is because of the, it's more related in our minds to our phones than it is our computers, people aren't taking the same precautions. They're not treating it like a computer in terms of security, but they're using it like a computer. And we have to remind our 
listeners about this incident that occurred last year before the iPhone 4 was released. One of Apple's engineers was doing external testing. So he goes to this, what, this bar restaurant with a relative. Right. And for whatever reason, maybe he just let the thing sit in his backpack or it slid out. The prototype iPhone 4 was picked up by somebody who sold it to a magazine. Now, forget about the ethics of that. Just the fact that even with all the protections in the world, someone who's carrying something in a carrying case or a backpack, someone can get a hold of it. Yeah, they can. And that's that physical aspect of it, particularly with small things like phones, is a, is a major part of it. I, uh, you know, I keep my iPhone inside of a pocket and it may mean that I wear a, uh, a jacket or a, a vest or something that allows me to keep that protected. And that's the default. That's where it is if it's not, in, you know, against my ear. Well, in my case, I have my pocket. That's all. I have my wallet in there. So it's a soft location. And I stick my iPhone in there. Now everyone knows where I put it. I don't stick it in, <laughs> in the pocket that has the car keys. I don't want to get it all scratched up. Yeah, no, it's pretty easy to do. And, and in fact, if you've got a, a cover on it, sometimes it's a bit big for the back pocket. And when you sit in your car, it, you know, it kind of stresses it. So it, let's hope these things keep getting smaller. I don't keep anything in my back pocket except maybe a receipt or something. And then it's a receipt that doesn't have any critical information. Of course, banks, for example, when they give you a bank receipt for your deposit or your withdrawal, it's only going to show the last four digits. Maybe that's too much. Is that last four digits sufficient for somebody to hack your account? You know, it depends on what other kind of information they have. I tend to not like any information lay around because it's, you know, it, it gives you more. I can tell you that with the last four of a social security number and uh, the hometown where you were born and a basic birth date, all things that I can get on the average Facebook profile, I can pretty much generate your entire social security number. If I've got the last four, there's no question. Well, if you know where the person was born, you'll know the prefix. Exactly. And if you know the date, the general date, you'll know the next set. So if you can capture the first three and the last four, the other three, it's a pretty simple algorithm. It is. And all you got to do is plug it in a couple hundred times in a computer and uh, it, it figures it out for you. So somebody can get credit in your name. Sure. They can do anything you can do with that, your credit profile. It's fair game. I mean, in my case, a woman bought an entire house. This is a woman using my social security number, bought a house, defaulted on the loan, declared bankruptcy, and sent me in a bankruptcy. Now, how did you get out of it? Did you have to hire a lawyer and go into court and say, this is not me? Absolutely. I, I fought it in bankruptcy court, and eventually the, the bank figured out it, you know, it was not me, and I was not living in the house. I was not in Ohio. I was in Colorado. And, you know, so that you get it figured out, but it, I spent, I probably spent two to three weeks of my vacation time away from work getting it done. Now, this is all something that costs a lot of money because you have to pay the lawyer their $100, 200 $300 an hour. You have to go into court. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah. Mm. It's um, in my case. Well, I had a second case, of course, of identity theft. And and that one, we spent up upwards of three hundred thousand dollars on the repair aspects of that one. Well, <laughs> I don't have it. So I'm stuck. The book is called The Smartphone Survival Guide. Ten critical security tips in 10 minutes. Now, where do we get the book? Get the book. Um, from our website, which is think like a spy. Dot com. 
And realize it is a workbook. It is not a, a book length. People are, have been asking us, you know what, give me the, the 10 quickest tips, things that I can do right now, right away, not a bunch of time. So you're going to get this and it's, you know, it's 25 pages and it's a, some checklists and things you can do right away. It's not a 100% comprehensive and it was designed with that in mind. We want people to be able to, to solve this quickly and, and take some of the steps rather than trying to do everything right away. And you don't want to have to sit there and read 200 books to figure out what's going on. Tell our listeners again where they go. You bet. www.thinklikeaspy.com. All one word, thinklikeaspy.com. John Cilio, thanks again for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Folks, normally when we do an interview about Apple's financials, we wait for Apple to have its quarterly conference call with financial analysts. By the time you hear this show, that will have happened already. But ahead of that, we brought on Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. Also, he writes for The Loop at loopinsight.com. And he said, you know what? <laughs> He's not impressed. And he used some other words, some of which we'll mention, some of which we won't. He's not impressed with those analysts. Speak to me, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely impressed with Apple's quarterly earnings, but I'm never impressed with the conference calls because, you know, the, the financial analysts that track Apple, by and large, are not specialists in Apple technology. They're people who cover the tech sector in general. So a lot of the questions that they ask um, Peter Oppenheimer, who's Apple's CFO, or Tim Cook, Apple's COO, and you know who's the acting CEO in uh, in Steve Jobstead, are really not very enlightening questions. They're questions that, uh, quite frankly, anybody who tracks Apple with any degree of sophistication understands that Apple is either not going to answer. Apple can't answer uh, for various reasons, legal or otherwise, or are just stupid questions because they've already been answered in the preamble that Apple offers, and they're just things that the analyst wasn't paying attention to at the time, or things that Apple actually mentioned in the press release associated with its earnings uh, that they haven't bothered to read or digest. So inevitably, by the end of these conference calls, I am a raving lunatic that I, I just want to strangle somebody for the stupidity that I've just seen, seen demonstrated. And what's terrifying is that these are the people who are actually affecting Apple's 
stock price on Wall Street. You know, these are the people with the hedge funds that determine how Apple's stock price is going to fluctuate over the course of the next three or four months. So it, it drives me crazy that these people are as clueless as they are. Well, I know when I listen to them, I always have a list of questions I would like to have answered. And they're never asked. They're of never course. asked. You're right. They don't ask the questions. And you think if they had the basic training in journalism, they'd know what questions to ask. Yes. Yeah, but these guys aren't journalism you know, majors. These guys are um, uh, financial, quote-unquote, wizards. You know, they're people who, who uh, have been working at, at Bear Stearns or, you know, these other big uh, financial institutions. They're, they're bean counters. You know, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not journalists. They're, they're not, uh, you know, they're analysts only in the financial sense of the word. They're not technical analysts by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, but I think the casually curious person is perfectly capable of asking basic questions. And they don't ask those questions. They ask questions that nobody really cares about. Apple will deliver a certain message. They will always be on message. They'll always deliver, well, this is why this happened. This is why that's happened. They will never go beyond this narrow range, but at least you can ask a few questions and maybe get them to say something or hint at something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it never ends up happening. And it's a source of enormous frustration uh, to people like you and me, Gene, which is why, quite frankly, I don't bother with these calls anymore. I don't bother to uh, uh, to listen to them even in um, even in uh, in replay after the fact. I just there's nothing ever in there that that I find particularly enlightening. OK, so let's look at what Apple reported. Now, I guess people tend to look at the bad news first and there's always a reason why something might not do what we expected. So we look at the sales figures for the iPad, and this covers the iPad and the iPad 2. It's 4.69 million, and that's less than analysts expected, but there's an obvious reason. Well, Apple crushed, Apple crushed Wall Street um, expectations. I mean, they doubled their net income, and they far exceeded what, what analysts were expecting. So there, there's nothing disappointing here. Right, but they peg each aspect of sales. And in most areas, Apple beat expectations. Here's where it didn't. And it seems to me the biggest problem being that they couldn't build enough of them fast enough. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the iPad sales thing was kind of surprising, I think, for some analysts. They, they said that they sold 4.69 million units um, uh, for the quarter. But you've got to remember that this was a transition quarter for them. Uh, this is when they switched from iPad 1 to iPad 2. Very tight supplies with the iPad 2. Um, and uh, that's something that people have been complaining about since the iPad 2 came out. Uh, the iPad 2 also happened right in the middle of the month, right in the middle of March. Um, so, uh, you know, my expectation is that um, uh, that uh, things, you know, supplies got a little bit constrained. Things got weird there. Not sure. A little bit. I, I don't even want to call it a misstep. But, uh, you know, that's definitely something, uh, something interesting to note. But on the other hand, you know, 4.69 million iPads were sold for the quarter. That's a hell of a lot of iPads. And understand, nobody can come close. Yeah, and the other thing is, uh, iPads aside, they sold 18.65 million iPhones for the quarter. That's millions more than analysts had anticipated. So iPhone sales are extremely strong. Exactly, and they sold more Macs than they expected. 
This is true as well, which is great news for us, you know, old school, quote unquote, uh, Apple enthusiasts who, you know, there's been some hemming and hawing in the marketplace about how important the uh, uh, the Mac is to Apple long term. And, and clearly the Mac has a lot of steam left in it. Well, according to what they're saying here is even from the conference call is, yeah, it includes two weeks of sales of the iPad, too. And we realize that nobody can get one. Even now, you have to wait one to two weeks, which is better than it used to be. You know, within a week after the iPad 2 came out, the delay in getting one online was four to five weeks. It's gotten slowly better. It's one to two weeks now, which means Apple still has a ways to go. But it's possible. But Apple is also rolling out the iPad 2 everywhere. Toys R Us has them. Maybe if they can get them. <laughs> this is exactly right. I mean, people got to remember that a year ago, in April of last year, when the iPad first rolled out, um, there were only uh, a couple of places that you could actually get the iPad. Um, the main place where you could get them was the Apple Store, um, you know, Apple retail stores. And Apple really had no idea of how popular the iPad was going to be at the time. So I'm sure that its manufacturing uh, capacity was was tweaked downward a little bit. I mean, you know, uh, Tim Cook is 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 kind of a, a logistics genius when it comes to this sort of thing. And, and uh, I think in retrospect, after um, after the, the last chapter has been written about Apple, Tim Cook um, is really going to deserve a lot of uh, credit for Apple's long-term success for turning the company's manufacturing uh, capabilities around in the 90s um, and, and the early uh, part of, uh, of, of, the, of, of 2000s when he really switched a lot of that manufacturing focus uh, from where it had been to – uh, suppliers like Foxconn, for example, that, that's had a lot to do with why Apple's operating expenses have been as tightly controlled as they are. On the flip side of it, when you're running close to zero inventory on a lot of your stuff, you know, there can be little hiccups here and there. And, uh, you know, we could possibly be seeing that with the iPad 2 a little bit. Um, but uh, um, there, there's no question that... Uh, um, that it's a very different situation now with the iPad. As you just said, Toys R Us, uh, Best Buy, uh, 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 you know, Apple stores, um, AT&T and Verizon stores uh, have them. So there are a lot of ways that you can get an iPad 2 if you can actually find one. Plus, now the iPad 2 has been world, rolled out worldwide. Um, there are a lot more countries vying for the iPad 2 um, and a lot more uh, retail locations accordingly. Um, uh, besides just the United States. So the deployment of this thing has been absolutely massive. I'm sure we're going to see that change, um, that, that iPad 2 number change uh, with, with the present quarter uh, because obviously sales are still very strong and iPad uh, 2 manufacturing is, is firing on all cylinders at this point. And the other issue to consider also is that if you look at the competition for the iPad 2, and we have, for example, Research in Motion comes out with the BlackBerry Playbook. Now, I don't know about you, but I realize the constraints under which RIM is under. They see the iPad 2, the iPad taking off. They've got to get somewhere in that marketplace. The sales of their BlackBerry are not doing as well as they used to, not growing as fast because people are buying iPhones or Android phones. So suddenly they've got to enter the tablet space. They bring out the Playbook. And they make such stupid decisions. Did I say stupid? 
really stupid decisions about it. We'll get into that in Apple's competitors and more about Apple's financials with Peter Cohen of The Loop at loopinsight.com and angry Mac Bastards radio show on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroitin 60 caps, summer sale priced at only $12. Colon Enhancer 250 caps, summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, Subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. 
Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. HealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800-880-9976. Call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're back with our old friend, Peter Cohen, getting older by the minute. In fact, as we speak, I see him getting older. Oi. Right, you and see I the voice? Like He's used to go, you know, ah, now he goes, oi. <laughs> it's true. You know, Apple sold 4.69 million iPad 2s or iPads um, and a, a few of those obviously being iPad 2s in that quarter, uh, which translates into well more than um, than a million each quarter. And me- meanwhile, uh, as we said in the last segment, Gene, uh, you know, the, the playbook um, has, has come out to kind of a tepid response. Uh, Motorola Zoom really isn't lighting up the sales charts either. Uh, Android tablets um, that, that were out before the Zoom, like the Galaxy Tab, have fizzled. There really isn't a lot outside of the iPad 2 that's catching any kind of momentum in the tablet marketplace, which has actually led some analysts to wonder whether or not there is a tablet market outside of the iPad to begin the with. The iPad is a market by itself. But now look, for example, at the BlackBerry Playbook, okay? Now, there's an article in Macworld magazine suggesting it might be dead on arrival. You see, right now, there's no email app with it. You know, you think you have an iPad or any of these tablets. They have the basics, contactless, web browsing, Email, no contact list, no email. You have to bridge it with a regular BlackBerry. Worse, you can't do it on AT&T. They block it right now. They're working out a deal whether you'll have to buy a tethering package to do that. So right now you have a crippled product, and you release this product into the marketplace. And I've seen the interviews with the co-CEOs of Research in Motion. They are utterly clueless. We have one of them who walked off an interview with a BBC because they asked him questions that maybe he didn't expect to be asked. What kind of CEOs are these? Yeah, in fairness, the questions that were asked had nothing to do with the playbook itself, but it had to do with security issues involving um, involving BlackBerry encryption in um, in countries like India. But having said that, that was definitely mishandled both by the CEO um, and by um, Research in Motion's uh, PR team. That should never have happened that way. You know, my my uh, my friend, colleague, and and boss over at at the Loop, uh, Jim Dalrymple, the Loop's founder, who of course is a friend of the show's Gene. Um, 
has been an outspoken, outspoken critic of the playbook. So I, I don't want to take the wind out of his sails, obviously. I, he would have some very interesting and entertaining things to tell your audience uh, about that. Uh, so I hope you have him on um, at some point so he can opine about that stuff. But Well, we had him on last week, and he talked about some of these issues. Already, well, the, so. oh, there. Well, there you go. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, you've you've heard Jim ranting about it. The, the things that I agree with, but the thing that sticks out in my mind the most, I think, about the playbook is that it seems to be a product that um, the sort of the classic um, designed by committee. You know, this thing is is designed to be jack of all trades, master of none, and what it ends up doing is just being a disaster everywhere. Uh, it, it it doesn't seem to be. It, it, it occurs to me that 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 someone at Research in Motion, and I don't know if there's a layer of middle management here that's getting in the way or something, is very protective of their crown jewels, very protective of their BlackBerry devices, and the playbook seems to be threatening to them somehow. That um, this could take over the functionality, the core. Uh, sparkle of what makes BlackBerry special. But the problem is Blackberries aren't that special anymore. Sure, you know, in some companies, they're still highly valued. And uh, especially in emerging nations, you know, Blackberries are a uh, an aspirational device, I guess is the marketing term. You know, they're something that, uh, that young up-and-coming uh, professionals aspire to have and, and that uh, people are uh, uh, on the street aspire to be seen with because um, they're, they're seen to be uh, uh, technically sophisticated, uh, powerful mobile users. But the, the bloom is definitely off the rose in uh, the Western world. Uh, you know, in the U.S. and Europe, where um, other kinds of smartphones like um, iOS devices and iPhone, iPad, um, and um, uh, Android devices, and even you know other devices like Windows uh, Phone Seven. Okay, according to Apple, eighty-eight percent of Fortune five hundred companies are testing or deploying iPhones, including Cisco, Prudential, General Motors, and Xerox. We haven't even gone to the iPad yet. I'll give you the figures for the iPad. This is interesting. Okay. With the iPad, 75% of Fortune 500 are testing or deploying, including Xerox AutoNation, which is the largest chain of auto dealers in the United States, Yum! Brands, which, of course, is all those fast food restaurants, ADP, Boston Scientific, Estee Lauder, Disney, of course, Disney, Prudential Financial, Rite Aid, my heavens. Of course, a lot of the luxury cars come with the user guides on an iPad. The Hyundai Equus models from, as I understand, Mercedes and others, they're including iPads with the product. If you're buying a fifty or $60,000 car, you don't want to have the manual, which has 400 million pages. They give it to you on iPads. Go ahead, please. Absolutely. I mean, there you go. You know, the iPads, uh, iPad has, there is no question, Gene, that iPad has the momentum um, when, when it comes to uh, to tablet devices and that, uh, you, you know, that there are just so many places where these things are being used or tested. Um, the same the same with iPhones. Um, there, there's so much of a marketplace. The, the only place that we're really seeing um, – uh, you know, a lot of heat and light elsewhere is with uh, really technically literate people who are looking for an alternative that isn't um, 
Apple related because they, you know, object to Apple um, on, you know, some kind of uh, business ground. Uh, you know, they don't want to be part of the Apple ecosystem. And I think that anytime you've got a dominant paradigm, you're going to have a group that goes against that wave. You know, I, uh, in the 80s and 90s, it was us. It was the Mac users, you know, who were, who were fighting against the dominant paradigm of Windows, uh, you know, now it's the Android users who are the, the underdogs, even though technically there are more Android um, uh, smartphones out there than there are iPhones. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of – it's a peculiar uh, ecosystem, and it's funny how the, how the thing um, happens. Now, of course, with the App Store, there are 350,000 apps now, according to Apple. And you look at the Google market, and the problem there, just recently, as you heard – they had a dozen or two apps that had malware. And, of course, Google gets congratulated. Oh, they discovered this. They removed the apps. But not after <laughs> infecting thousands of potential users, like closing the barn door oh, after the cows God. have gone. Ah, I, I scream. I scream about this on my Angry Mac Bastards podcast. And, folks, if you've never heard it, we work blue. I'm, I'm very – me and my co-hosts were, were, were vile on the language that we use to describe this. Um, so if you're, if you're sensitive, uh, pregnant, or have a heart condition, please don't listen. Uh, but – God, you know, there is nothing I find more frustrating than uh, the complete absence of any kind of perspective uh, from, from Android users who laud, uh, you know, Google's ability to shut these apps down. When it's when uh, my reaction is, you know, if this market was properly vetted to begin with, like the Apple Store is, this kind of crap wouldn't happen. Uh, don't hold back. Tell us what you think. Peter Cohen joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're most definitely in the Tech Night Owl Live. Peter Cohen comes back for lots more. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many files formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Our big story, food prices rise with gas prices. Economists expect food price hikes of 3 to 4% this year. From lettuce to tomatoes, virtually all fresh produce has doubled in price. In the past year, corn prices up 87%, soybeans up 41%, and wheat has climbed 54%. Demand for seed is extremely high. Stock up today while supplies last. Yes, there is a threat of seed shortages due to climatic weather events. Be prepared. Save money. Eat healthy with SeedsNow.com. For a limited time, SeedsNow.com is offering a survival garden seed vault stocked with over 60,000 high-quality heirloom seeds, over 50 popular varieties, 
AllSeedsNow.com seeds are grown in the USA. 100% heirloom, 100% non-hybrid, 100% non-GMO. Order now at SeedsNow.com or by phone at 818-584-1488. That's 818-584-1488. Remember, SeedsNow.com, your number one online source for quality garden seeds. Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123cheapsolarvideo.com. The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123cheapsolarvideo.com right now. Our website again is 123cheapsolarvideo.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing. And our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body. Losing weight. More energy and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928-308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928 928- 308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night All Live, just send it to news at technightall.com. That's News at TechNightOwl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from TechNightOwl.com slash radio. That's TechNightOwl.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We return Peter Cohen, Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show, also writes for The Loop at LoopInsight.com with our friend Jim Dalrymple. We're talking about Apple's financials and all the ramifications thereof about the problems with the Google Android platform. And I understand here that Andy Rubin, who's the vice president at Google who handles the Android OS system and his crew, they're trying to put more controls on their licensees because you have to look at the situation here. Google doesn't sell licenses to Android. They give it away. A handset maker has to sign an agreement. So they get it. They get certain restrictions to license it, whatever. But what happens now is every mobile company... They can put a custom user interface on there. They could take out the bundled software and put their own junkware on there. They could change the search engine, as Verizon has done, 
with some Google Android OS phones, and you understand that Google's making their money from targeted ads in their apps and their search engine. The biggest insult of all, but now Google is trying to put a few more controls on the situation because they know it's become chaos. So think about end users. They can't get the updates for software they need. Think about companies who want to build apps and they have a fragmented market with different models to support different versions of the operating system. It is a mess. Absolutely. It's a complete mess. You know, the, the word here is fragmentation. Uh, this is a word that's been bandied about the uh, the tech marketplace ever since actually from day one um, when when Google announced what its business plan was uh, with Android uh, with the Android platform. Analysts and tech pundits have been talking about fragmentation, and lo and behold, you know, several years later, um, this is exactly what's come to pass. The problem is that when you buy, go out and buy an Android device, um, the device that you get today may not work. Uh, with the Android operating system that's available tomorrow. And uh, many of the um, handset manufacturers have, have tweaked, you know, the, the operating system with their own uh, user interface uh, systems, their own software, and uh, the carriers have uh, locked out users from making changes unless they go on and jailbreak their, their devices. I myself, I've got an Android device. I, I won't tell you which one, but I, in order to, to understand... Why not? Yeah, it's it's not important, but right, my, right. my point here is that in order to experience the latest version of the Android operating system for, for, for handsets, Gingerbread, Android uh, 2.3, I've actually had to jailbreak the device. I've had to install a, a little package on it called Cyanogen. Uh, which enables me to um, to install it. Why? Because neither the carrier nor the handset manufacturer has vetted that device to to be able to use that 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 version of the operating system, even though it's perfectly capable of doing it. Well, compare this to the way that the, the iPhone works, and this is my point, Gene. You know, I've, I have an iPhone 4. You know, I, I, I plug it into iTunes. iTunes knows that there's a new version of iOS. It asks me. It installs it. Bingo. I've got all the latest security patches. I've got all the latest updates. I've got the latest capabilities. Uh, my, my phone is absolutely up to date. Apple has done a much better job, much, much better job of controlling this kind of, of interaction with the user. It's called uh, a mess. It's absolutely a complete disaster, and you know what? It frustrates the hell out of Android developers, too. And it, it frustrates the hell out of Android developers because they want to be able to hit the latest targets with, uh, with their apps, and they want to have the most up-to-date technology. They want to be able to take advantage of this stuff, and they can't because who the hell is using what? They don't have any clear idea. <laughs> I want to tell you something, by the way, about a story that came out this week. A few hours ahead of Apple announcing its financials, they're saying... Look at the huge effect of the Japanese earthquake and tsunami on Apple's supply chain. So what does Tim Cook say? Well, the revenue was hurt by about $200 million, probably because they couldn't sell as much product in Japan. But there will not be any supply or cost impact for fiscal quarter two or quarter three. So basically, they've been working around the clock, finding other ways to get the products and supplies they need, they don't anticipate any impact. Think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, say what you want. Apple actually has a clue here. Gee, who would have thought? Well, I would think that a good supply chain manager like Tim Cook would think, you know, we are dealing with countries in areas where weather can be uncertain, natural disasters can occur, and you have to have alternate supply chains to deal with that. 
You have to buy up certain types of supplies knowing there could be a problem. So you spend extra money there now to avoid a problem later on. Apple's smart about that. I think other companies are not smart about that. That's the big problem for them. Absolutely. You know, I, and I, I think the other thing is that, uh, you know, that analysts expect and pundits expectation of just how badly Japanese uh, manufacturers capabilities have been hurt by the tsunami and the earthquake um, have been a little bit overblown as well, because I don't see any other manufacturers um, that are in Apple shoes uh, reporting wildly uh, different earnings, um, expectations or forecasts uh, based on uh, the impact of that event either. Well, there's another comment from Tim Cook, by the way, at the quarterly conference call where he says, that they're so confident of the rollout of the iPad 2. Remember, it rolled out in the U.S., 25 countries, that next week 13 more countries are getting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, and that, that actually makes perfect sense because um, Apple has been uh, on track here to um, uh, release um, into uh, more and more countries as its manufacturing capabilities for the iPad 2 have increased. Um, uh, with um, with each progressive week. So it's good to see that Apple's on track here. Well, certainly the disaster in Japan, you know, incredible amounts of damage. But again, you see how smart a company Apple is, how smartly managed. So in any case, the situation with the iPad 2, okay, just till they get the manufacturing ramped up. So many people want them. They couldn't ship enough of them. That's where it goes. Now, if we look at the PC industry, the PC industry, they're talking about sales dropping in the PC industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, you know, because they're buying iPads, <laughs> because they're not buying the other tablets. Nobody's buying the other tablets. And now Apple's selling more Macs than ever before. <laughs> they're selling more Macs in this quarter than ever before. Sales are up 20 25% or something like that. So you have to think, gee, you know, it's not just the iPad taking sales away from PCs, but... Apple grabbing sales from everyone, the actual figure is 28% increase over the year ago quarter for 3.76 million max. There you go. You know, I, I mean, yeah, okay. But despite that, you know, max sales are still a drop in the bucket globally. Um, compared to PC sales overall, so the decline of PC sales, I think you have to look at look at things on balance and and understand that um, there there isn't a you know for for a very very long time you know through the 90s and and through the earlier part of this decade, especially after Y2K, there was a churn and burn attitude um, towards PC sales. PC sales were constantly increasing um, because companies that were using PCs and consumers you know had a reason to do um, to to turn over their systems um, constantly because um, systems were getting orders of magnitude better um, every year. Uh, you know, pr- processors were getting much faster. Um, storage capacities were increasing dramatic- dramatically. Uh, the, the, the capability of, of uh, um, or, or the, the, the ability to expand memory um, or graphics capabilities was increasing. But uh, there, there was a finite point where that was was really going to kind of drop off the cliff. And I think Moore's what law that, still applies, though. Moore's law some- certainly still applies, but the problem is that that um, although uh, processors may be getting faster, and you know you've got advances like um, solid state uh, drives 
in place of hard disk drives like we've seen with MacBook Air. Um, and, you know, graphics capabilities are certainly increasing. NVIDIA and AMD aren't sitting on on, uh, on their thumbs. You know, they're, they're cranking out new graphics processors as fast as possible. There's a finite limit to what software developers and operating system uh, developers can really do with that technology. And we'll get into that more- in a moment. We'll get into that in a moment. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're coming back on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special 100 stunning blooms for mom, plus a free glass vase for just $19.99. Go to proflowers.com, look for the radio microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code MANY. But hurry, this incredible deal expires this Friday. Flower prices will skyrocket next week. Order now from Pro Flowers to get huge savings. You pick the delivery date, and it's guaranteed. 100 colorful blooms for mom sent fresh from the fields, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least a full seven days for only $19.99 and will include a free glass vase with every order. Remember, flower prices can double, even triple Mother's Day week, and this incredible special expires Friday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to visit proflowers.com, look for the radio microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code MANY. Go to proflowers.com, secret code MANY. That's proflowers.com, code MANY. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and 9th day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave... Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. Sore throat? Spray that with Dermatol. Diaper rash? Spray that with Dermatol. Ouch! Burn or cut? 
Spray that with Dermatol for shockingly fast relief. If you had room for only one first aid product in your preparedness kit, you need Dermatol because it works on almost every skin irritation or injury. All natural Dermatol brings amazing relief to burns, cuts, scrapes, bites, boils, shingles, rashes, elderly skin tears, even chronic diabetic ulcers and bed sores. Dermatol is an all natural antimicrobial, antiviral, and antifungal wound cleanser that speeds healing with no side effects, is safe for all ages and skin types, and is even safe enough to spray on sore throats or onto sore eyes. Read our many testimonials at Dermatol.com spelled D-E-R-M-A-T-O-L.com Order online at Dermatol.com or call 800-217-6677 That's 800-217-6677 Effective, efficient, economical Spray it all with Dermatol The GCN Radio Network Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio G-C-N Great talk radio starts here You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and The Loop, loopinsight.com. And we're discussing, you know, about the increases in performance of personal computers, the chips getting faster, we have solid state drives, but the software and the operating systems aren't keeping up. But it's also the customer's needs. I mean, how fast do you need your browser to be? How fast do you need to open Microsoft Word? It's going to be slow no matter what operating system you're using. Well, so- more than that, Gene, I mean, you've got this, this enormous problem with Microsoft releasing really more of operating systems. You know, Windows Vista was a complete disaster. You know, it's only since the, the release of Windows 7 that we've seen, you know, things uh, kind of uh, right themselves a little bit. Well, I think there's a point, too, that we see why people can adopt something like an iPad and put up with a processor that certainly, even though it's dual core, is equivalent to what a desktop machine would have had six years ago. But that's fine. That's enough speed. For sure. They don't need all that extra number crunching power. But also, right now, it's up to the software developers to build products that take advantage of all the extra chips and the cores and consider... Almost two years ago, Apple released Snow Leopard. Better support for multiple cores. You get the four cores and the eight cores. Only a handful of apps run faster. More support for using the graphics processor for routine processing tasks. Only a few apps take advantage. We have all these capabilities. (laughs) Nobody's using them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Apple has been kind of slack here. I, you know, it's only it was only last week, Gene, that um, at uh, uh, or was it last week or the week before last at the uh, the Final Cut Pro Super Meet last um, week last week that happened at the uh, National National Association of Broadcasters or NAB event uh, that Apple was finally able to show a 64-bit version um, of, uh, of of Final Cut Pro 10. You know, which which isn't available yet. They were just showing a canned demo of a product that they're going to be releasing um, ostensibly later this year. Now, now this app is incredibly important um, in the um, the video and movie production um, uh, segment of the market, which is uh, you know a place that Apple absolutely dominates, that Apple um, does very well in. Uh, but even Apple has been a little bit slow on the draw here to really take advantage of the capabilities in its own technology. And I mean, uh, you know, Snow Leopard was. 
was uh, sort of the the, the um, uh, paving the way um, in order for them to do that. So it, it goes back to what I was saying uh, in in our last segment, Gene. You know, it's it's only in fits and starts that the the technology for these computers is 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 improving with the same dramatic level of frequency that we were seeing in the 90s uh, and the aughts. And, of course, it's up to, as you say, the companies to build support, adding 64-bit support. Now, it's interesting. Final Cut 10, $299. We're talking about a professional... Video editing app. Now, we're not looking at the other apps that were in studio. Maybe we'll see them later. Exactly. Exactly, Gene. God, this is driving me crazy. Everybody's, uh, you know, amazed that Apple's releasing this for $2.99. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a whole bunch of other software in the Final Cut suite. You know, Apple's not going to be giving those away. Apple's going to be charging something for those. I'm willing to It's still going to be cheaper. Than last time, it's what they did with Logic Studio. Maybe it's going to be five ninety nine for the suite, or eight ninety nine. It won't be fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it was. It was nine ninety nine before, so it was you know, ninety nine before. So yeah. now maybe it'll be six ninety nine because Apple also sees that by making these apps cheaper, suddenly the platform becomes more and more attractive to professionals. Look at someone who wants to make their first film, and they're trying to raise the money. And they have to save on everything. Oh, I can get the video editing software for two ninety nine. Okay. No argument. No argument, Gene. No argument. All I'm saying is that there's going to be additional cost for motion. There's going to be an additional cost for compressor. You know, there's going to be an additional cost for these other apps. These these very important apps that are components of the Final Cut suite. Apple is not going to be giving them away. So, you know, p- people are comparing apples to oranges when they're looking at a thousand dollars to for Final Cut Studio versus two ninety nine just for Final Cut Pro ten. Having said that. I agree with you completely, Gene. I think that Final Cut Pro 10 for 299 is an amazing value, and people who have been sitting on the fence about using Final Cut Pro are undoubtedly going to be swayed uh, by doing this. However, they are going to have to go to the Mac App Store to, to, to buy it, um, and that's another thing entirely. Well, okay. Now, that implies a negative. Well, I, I, the Final Cut, you know, Apple, Apple's Mac App Store is... I, I got to say, it, it, it leaves kind of a sour taste in my mouth, Gene. I don't like the user experience that much. I'm not thrilled, thrilled with it. I'm not, I'm not that happy with it. Tell us why. <sighs> well, first of all, I, I dislike the way that updates are handled. You know, I, I get my apps in a lot of different places. I don't like having to fire up the Mac App Store in order to find out if the apps that are there have been updated or having a, an outside application like, let's say, Mac Update Desktop, which I also use, tell me, yeah, there are new versions of that app, but I can't download them for you. you got to go to the Mac App Store to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's it, it leaves me uneasy. And it, uh, another thing is that Apple locks out, you know, some app manufacturers from being able to part- or app developers from being able to participate in the Mac App Store because they don't like the cut of their jib because they may use a private API uh, in order to do something or they may require uh, root administrator access uh, to the operating system to install a component um, or, uh, you know, XYZ. There are a lot of reasons why uh, uh, third-party app developers have been excluded from the store or just not willing to uh, participate in the store because they don't like Apple's terms and conditions. So, you know, I, I think that, that it's an imperfect uh, solution, although I uh, will 
concede that it's a great way to to expose third-party software to people who might not go shopping for it otherwise and might not know that this software is available for the platform because um, they're you know not searching the internet for this stuff like you and I might. It's interesting here, you know. Basically, these apps install themselves behind the scenes. Basically, you buy the app and it just downloads and installs itself. Except, of course, developers who get the Lion Preview, it goes through a normal installation process with your username and everything for admin access. So Apple can do it. They could still give you a standard installer that way. At this point, they've chosen not to, but they can if they have to. Yeah, it's also a big bandwidth um, uh, draw for people um, to download this stuff, and not everybody's got a fat pipe to the Internet. I mean, I, I, I don't know about Eugene, but I have uh, Internet access through my cable modem provider through um, – well, in my, in my area, it's Comcast. And uh, Comcast speeds are pretty good. Um, but it's still pretty time-consuming when we're talking about multi-gigabyte downloads, as it is for a lot of these big apps. Even games can take an hour or two to download from the Mac App Store. Uh, uh, what's more, you know, I don't have a copy, a physical copy on hand. So if I'm forgetful, if I'm just an average user, uh, am I supposed to be backing all this stuff up on uh, uh, on, on DVD? I mean, well, there is a physical copy. It's downloading the app. The app is going to your applications folder. There is a physical file there that you have downloaded. That's not a physical file. That's data. That's invisible. That's, you know, that's esoteric. That's, that's. But it will still back up with Time Machine and a backup utility. This is true. But how many people use Time Machine? How many people use backup utilities? It's not the same as having a physical disk. Oh, sure. But we're moving in that direction, unfortunately or fortunately, however you like it. And that might be another topic of discussion we can go on to before we let you leave the building with Elvis. And that is whether having everything in digital form puts the onus on the customer to have a backup. Because now, if you have a DVD, I stick that in the drawer. And a lot of the new DVDs let you make backups, you know. They give you a way of making a backup for your own personal use. But I have a physical product there. I don't have to back it up. Of course, if there's a fire or natural disaster, I no longer have the physical product. The real argument maybe is upload all this stuff into the cloud so there is a copy, but it's off-premises. This is true. And, I mean, you know, the, one of the nice things about the Mac App Store, and, and, you know, in fairness, I'm criticizing it for not giving me a physical copy, is that I can download it again if I need to. But is is that going to be permanent, or you know, is that I, I certainly can't do that with uh, with music files that I download from the iTunes Store. Is this something that Apple may change, you know, in the future? Is I, I can't count on Apple's terms and conditions not altering at some point in the future to prevent me from doing this. And then what do I do? Well, the question here is: as long as you can make a copy of the app, and as long as you can use it independent of the App Store, it shouldn't be a problem. As long as it shouldn't be a problem but that's that's a big if you know that's a conditional statement i i i get very concerned when we uh you know when we we sort of when we when we assume that that users are 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 going to to do um the appropriate thing here because i i think that experience has shown that uh many people don't i'll tell you what what we do what we do do is we break every 10 minutes or so to let our benefactors take care of us. Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg, coming back on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. For one more segment, we have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Masters radio show, and also the Loop at loopinsight.com. And we're discussing the question of the Mac App Store, and not just the restrictions in terms of what Apple allows on there, but, you know, the future, what happens if something is changed seriously in the App Store? Does that impact your digital copy. Don't you want a physical copy you buy in the store where you save trees? And Apple is now environmentally friendly. Well, I might be saving aluminum and plastic, but not trees so much. You know the point. But I'm thinking of that in terms of manuals and boxes and stuff like that. Well, a lot of people switched over to just putting PDFs of their manuals on discs, and I, I completely agree with that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just thinking old school here, Gene. I mean, hey, hey, listen, I have a MacBook Air, right? I, I'm living in a in a post DVD era myself. I so I, I'm I'm really kind of uh, talking through my hat here when it comes to my own use. But I know people who use Macs, you know, and and PCs for that matter. And I know that backing up for them is a theoretical thing. Um, that 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 there are a lot of people out there, and I, I admit I'm speaking anecdotally. I I don't have the data to back up what I'm saying, but I, I think anecdotally there are a lot of people out there who who don't back up uh, consistently, who don't have time machines, or don't use network attached storage devices with with hefty backup uh, capabilities, or, or don't have uh, DVDs or, or Blu-ray storage devices connected to their computer systems, and and for all these people. You know, if if their computer dies tomorrow, they're SOL. You know, they don't have anything. So it really concerns me that we're moving. And this isn't a criticism just of Apple, right? This is a this is a criticism of anybody who's putting all of their faith in cloud-based storage systems or um, uh, what what have you. Uh, you know, it, it 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 removes a lot of self-reliance from people to make sure that their own data is protected. And as we saw with Microsoft and the disaster with the Sidekick device, if you remember the original Sidekick where data was lost and and not recovered until much, much later, when people put too much faith in an outside company to take care of them, 
that can really lead them down a very dark and very unsettling path. If you really depend, it's nice to be to not have to think about it. I mean, one of the things I've heard from Android users over and over again is the greatest thing about having an Android device is that my data is accessible everywhere. You know, that if I, if I go home and use Google Docs or uh, access Gmail on my home computer or my laptop and then go to my phone, all of my stuff is instantly there. Well, that's great as long as Google knows what it's doing. But that's a big if. And the same goes with Apple. You know, the same goes with Apple. If you're putting all of your faith in MobileMe to back up your address book or to keep your iCal straight or whatever, you're putting a lot of – you're putting all your eggs in that basket. And I, I, I just – I encourage people to think outside the box a little bit if you'll forgive the, uh, the overused expression and make sure that you take personal responsibility for, for your data and that you have a backup on hand if you need it because – for, for a lot of us, that data is our life. You know, if something happens to that, that's a big problem. Well, you know, what I like is using the cloud as an adjunct to what you're doing. Not in place, but as an additional storage value. Let me tell you how we do it here. For example, our websites are all backed up to an external server system in another state, another location. Every night, we get that backup so we know that if our sites go down, our server goes down, if the data center blows up, within a few hours, we can restore our sites on new server. We also, and I'll give you the situation here where my son and I also put our stuff in the cloud. We have cloud-based storage for backup, not just the local. I have local backups, too. I have two local backups plus cloud-based. My son ran into a situation where his hard drive failed on his MacBook. So, you know, he didn't have a ready backup there, but what he did, he had the cloud-based backup he could restore from there. He lives in Spain. It wasn't as easy or convenient for him to set up a backup system. I think he's doing it now, a local backup system. But he has the cloud-based storage. So as something that doesn't replace everything else, but as something that aids you, that's another tool, I don't see a problem with the cloud. I see a problem if it becomes the beginning and the end. Exactly right, Gene. And I think that, that what you've described is a very conscientious uh, system for backing up, not to brown nose you or anything, but, you know, it does make a lot of sense. And it's, it's, a, it's a model that, that I think uh, a lot of other people could learn from. But, uh, you know, the, the, the problem is that, that, that not everybody is as smart as you, damn it. Tell me about it. Well, you know what? I resemble that remark. But seriously speaking, you know, we also have Apple building that data center in North Carolina. And I'm sure Apple right now doesn't want to completely divest you of the need to have local copies, which is why there's a time machine, which is why they're adding autosave and versioning for Mac OS X Lion. But where do you think they're going to go with this data center once it's fully deployed? Maybe it's partly deployed now. I don't know. They haven't told us, and they never asked those questions during investor conference calls. So... What are they going to do? Are they going to have some oh, they, kind of cloud the, service for iTunes? For they, they ask those questions, Gene, but the answer is always we don't talk about unannounced products or services or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, this data center, I think, <laughs> of all the what-if questions about what's going on with Apple right now, this data center, I think, has caused uh, some of, of the most absolutely hallucinatory um prognostication from analysts and pundits alike. Give me a couple of quick examples. We have only three minutes for this example. 
I've, I've, well, uh, you know, for example, that iTunes is all going to move to the cloud, uh, that you're going to be able to, to uh, move all of your music to the cloud and, 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 and access it from there, that uh, you're not going to be able to uh, store any information locally, that it's all going to go to the cloud. Um, or, um, you know, that this is something to compete with Netflix or uh, there are Apple technically already competes with Netflix in one way, which is to offer movies for rent. Now, the only difference is there's no subscription basis. Exactly. I personally think that Apple is building Skynet and that when uh, it comes online, uh, Skynet's going to launch all the nuclear missiles and then the Terminators are going to the, walk the planet. But I'll gonna be have- back. They're all going to have designed in California stenciled on the back of their metal skulls. Okay. Okay. And we'll have Christian Bale doing another hissy fit during this set. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, got to keep it, got to keep it entertaining for sure. Okay. So Apple's building Skynet. This is the rumor, by the way. It's not even going to appear in the loop or Apple Insider or Mac rumors. It'll appear on the MacPissers.com website. Yes. (laughs) There is such a site, by the way. Is there really? I didn't realize that. com. I own it. Ah, very nice. Don't ask me why I did that. I think one day you and I were talking, and I said, I'm going to get this domain. Because I can't imagine anybody has a domain with that kind of stupid name. So I said, I'll get it. I know it's going to be available. And it was, and I own it. Ah. So there you go. If you want to make me an offer after we're finished, I'll be happy to take it. Ah, Excellent. There you go. So in the long and short of it, just to go back to the Apple financials, I guess you expected a blowout quarter. That's what happened. You weren't particularly surprised, were you? I'm never surprised with Apple's financials. Under-promise and over-deliver has, has been um, uh, Peter Oppenheimer's uh, uh, mantra since uh, uh, since he took over, um, uh, you know, financial duties at Apple. And, uh, you know, he didn't let us down this quarter. Uh, you know, the great news was that Apple sold a lot more uh, – a lot more um, – uh, iPhones and uh, and Macs than analysts expected, and and that their earnings were just through the roof. Um, the downside is that uh, iPod sales were uh, were soft, and and uh, iPad sales uh, underwhelmed the analysts a little bit. But I think looking at it objectively, when you compare 4.69 million iPads for the quarter compared to what everybody else was doing in the tablet market, three or four. Yeah, exactly. You have to give Apple credit where it's due. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. Absolutely. Well, besides, uh, you know, my panhandling on the street corner, you can find me at loopinsight.com and uh, also at angrymacbastards.com. That's my my weekly podcast. And uh, you can also find me at the gamification blog uh, on zdnet.com. And a reminder, you can reach us, news at technighthowl.com. Once again, that's news at technighthowl.com. I promise we read every single letter we get, and we try to answer most of them. There he is, Peter Cohen. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Mr. Steinberg. (laughs) 
Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. Hello again, I'm back. This is John Swenson at Midas Resources. And I want to address a couple of issues that I hear about daily when we're talking about gold and silver. First, is there anything to suggest that sunny skies are just ahead? We continue to print fiat dollars, inflation worsens, there's civil unrest around the world, and the demand for gold and silver has never, ever been higher. Next, if you heard that possessing metals is a complicated process, I assure you that whether we're discussing a direct purchase or an IRA rollover, this is a simple, straightforward transaction. This is all about protecting your assets, and frankly, what are your options? The stock market? Real estate? Metal certificates? I don't think so. Please call me, 800-686-2237, extension 128. I promise a casual conversation, no pressure, no nonsense. I'm John Swenson at 800-686-2237 extension 128 and i sincerely look forward to hearing from you if you're concerned about radiation poisoning from japan in the air water or food and can't find potassium iodide go to restoreyourhealthnow.com and choose liquid zeolite liquid zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins heavy metals boosts energy levels and promotes a strong immune system For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800-880. 9976. Call 800 880 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. Reality check. There are many so-called health products coming out that are here today but will be gone tomorrow. They're fads. They're hype and a lot of gimmick. Life Change Tea is no fad. We've been around for years and we've been slowly growing and our products have attracted loyal customers. Why? Because our products work. Cleansing your body, losing weight, more energy, and better overall health. And you might ask, says who? Our customers say. A company shows its colors with how many people reorder the product. So don't be afraid. We're the real deal. Log on to GetTheTea.com and read all the testimonies. In fact, log on and order at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Or call us at 928 308-0408. There's no call centers, just a friendly operator. 928-308-0408. Once again, 928-308-0408. 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and we're talking to him not that far after Apple releases its quarterly financials. And it looks to me like they're defying gravity here. Usually when a company gets larger and larger, the sales increase curve seems to flatten. What's going on with Apple? Well, I think there's a couple of things. You're absolutely right that that is, you know, the law of large numbers is, you know, you're talking about adding billions and billions of dollars in sales to just grow a few percent. And here they are, you know, growing by double digits and, you know, talking about, you know, nine figure or eight figures worth of growth in terms of dollars. Um, But I think what it is, is that while we tend to think of Apple as a company, Apple is a selection of different products that are all at different points in their life cycle. When one is doing very well, like the iPhone, they have another product like the iPod that is on the downward side of its um, product life. So uh, they're able to you know, move between those different categories and those different segments uh, as the markets change and to get ahead of the market. Therefore, you know, each segment of that is growth that isn't necessarily uh, impacted by what's happening in the other segments. Okay, with regard to the iPad, the sales growth or the sales figures weren't as high as people expected. Apparently, that's due to the fact that they can't get enough of them out there. That's what they said, absolutely. You know, we'll see what happens next quarter when we have a full quarter of iPad 2s. Um, Again, you know, I think some of this is we really don't know what product direction is going to be on a pad. You know, NPD's done some surveys. You know, we actually had some numbers that showed that uh, iPad was a very highly gifted item during fourth quarter, you know far in excess of products like a PC. You know, the share of sales that were gifts were double that of what a a notebook computer normally is. So that probably uh, says that they're going to have big high water numbers during the holiday season. And typically when you have a big jump like that or a big number like that in fourth quarter, calendar fourth quarter, first quarter numbers can be a little bit depressed because you've taken all that uh, potential volume and moved them into first quarter. Well, the other thing, of course, is that if they can't get enough units out into the channel, that's going to affect people. Right now, even if you try to order an iPad today from Apple's online store, there's a one to two week wait. It was four to five weeks back in late March. So you still have to sit there and wait. And even though more dealers supposedly have them getting one, you have to be lucky. Well, yes, but let's remember that the iPad 2 didn't come out until two thirds of the way through the quarter. So Apple had opportunities to sell all the other iPads, the, the original iPad for more than two months. And in fact, if you remember, they actually reduced the price on the iPad prior to the launch of the iPad 2. After it was the same day. Same day, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay, well, they, but we understand also it, that yeah. the media has been ranting about the next iPad for two months, so that would probably 
suppress sales of the previous model. Again, yes, it would. It also, um, again, serves to reemphasize the point that first quarter is relatively, may relative, be a relatively slow product cycle for this kind of product if it is a big gifting product. which We really don't know, do we? Volumes. Well, you know, one year, everybody always wants to make pronouncements after four quarters, and that means you don't really know. But again, looking at it, uh, typically Apple hasn't reduced the price of old products in that way as they've come out with new products. And that kind of said to me that maybe they had plenty of iPads in the first couple of months, and they didn't exactly understand how strong sales were going to be in the previous month and then how fast they would drop off in first quarter. So as the iPad 2 came up, started to be rumored and started to come out, maybe sales slowed even more, and then they really wanted to uh, get all those products out of there. Isn't that the one reason, of course, that Apple cites for not announcing products early unless it's the first version? Because it kills sales of the previous product. So right now, with a lot of their products, there's no press media briefing like with the new MacBook Pros. You just get the press release, it's available, go buy it. Right, right. You know, there, there, there's some good strategy around that as being something that you would want to do. On the other hand, I think there are some, you know, clear benefits that you get to announcing that new products are going to be available, you know, in, in the next month or two months as well. And certainly they've done that, with you know, with the iPhone a few times. Well, they did with so, the iPhone, the first one. They gave well, you like six the months other warning. The other ones, they pretty weeks. much announced them a week or two in advance. That's it. Yeah. Sure. So, um, again, you know, there's different ways of doing that. We have to see how that works. Moving quickly, and maybe we'll get back into the tablet space later on, but I guess as we all agree, we don't know. There's no history right. yet. It's being yep. written as we sit here, and maybe at the end of the year we'll have a better picture. But now looking at personal computers... Now, worldwide, sales had flattened pretty much of personal computers, except for Macs. Right. So what I think that is, you know, that's the story, I, I believe, in their first quarter numbers. Okay. If you look, the MacBook Pros were up over 50% in first quarter versus the prior year or MacBook. The MacBook product line, in general, was up over 50% from the prior year, Um uh, they had a very, very, very strong launch of the the new MacBook Pros in the end of February, March. And remember, no media event, my friend. No media event. Well, it's just yeah, a press I mean, release. They don't. They, well, they don't do those anymore. But for that product line, but they still get a big bounce. And I think the the interesting part is that while everyone in the media wants to talk about how the tablets are killing the computer. The fact is, is that Apple was able to introduce, you know, a new MacBook with, you know, the same upgraded features and, you know, a couple of interesting new things. Nothing that was, you know, so radically different in terms of design or function or anything that would drive people, you know, directly into the stores, yet they were able to have a very, very strong launch for this product. There is still plenty of demand out there for personal computers, and the tablets have not uh, destroyed that. So that's something we won't know for a while, but certainly as Apple continues to outgrow the PC industry as a whole for, what, 20 straight quarters, their market share is going up. 
So what's with the rest of the PC industry? Have they forgotten how to build new products? I don't hear much. You know, you have the new chips from Intel or AMD. That's about it. Or a new graphics processor. Apple gives you Thunderbolt. They were first ahead of the gate on that one. Yeah, I would argue that that's a, a marginal, mostly uninteresting uh, upgrade for 99.9% of all potential buyers. It's great, except I really don't have anything to plug into it. You and will. It's certainly not, not some reason to run out and buy a new MacBook on day two of the launch. I understand not, you know, that. I think professional users who want to have I, something I think, that's not no, as expensive uh, yeah. as, say, a Mac Pro, you know, you can equip these things for five, six, seven thousand dollars Having a high-speed peripheral port like that, once we get all the hardware out and the accessories, will be interesting. We have Stephen Baker of yeah. the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many files formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. We all need to prepare ourselves. You might have the food, water, gold, and silver, but ask yourself, are you truly prepared? That's why you need to visit MainMilitary.com. MainMilitary.com carries everything you need. Gas masks, wool blankets, fire starter kits, high-capacity magazines, chemical suits, military surplus items, and much more. Do you own a firearm? MainMilitary.com has a large selection of pistols and rifles suited for your needs. Are your local stores sold out of ammunition? Call or visit them today for prices on hard-to-find ammo and bulk ammo orders. You don't need to worry about having a military surplus store in your area because MainMilitary.com is the only store you'll ever need, all from the comfort of your computer. Visit them online today at MainMilitary.com. That's Maine, like the state, Military.com. Or call them at 1-877-608-0179. That's 1-877-608-0179. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning. 
eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, are indefinitely reusable, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793. Or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy-to-use, 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafeone.com that's b-i-o-s-a-f-e-o-n-e.com biosafeone.com or call toll free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed bio-friendly money-saving way to clean your septic system are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We come back. Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Exploring Apple sales, and as you suggest, the sales of the Mac show that there is still life in the traditional PC platform. But if I'm another PC company and I'm looking at Apple, I'm saying, gee, Apple's getting 28% growth. And my sales are flat. And I've got to do something about it. How do they refresh the PC platform as a whole? Well, there's a couple of things that are going on here. Uh, first and, and foremost, the PC, Windows PC market is coming off, you know, historically high growth rates. The fourth quarter of 2009, the first quarter of 2010, six months after the launch of Windows 7, were the best quarters that the PC market has ever had. Sales were up in, in U.S. retail 50, 60, 70 percent during those months. We're trying to compare against those kind of sales numbers. Um, there's probably not much opportunity to be that strong against those kind of numbers. You know, I know uh, Mr. Rodolini from Intel mentioned that he thought that the tough comparisons were a big reason as to why uh, consumer PC sales have slowed over the past six months in terms of growth rates. But Intel had a good lot numbers. Of Intel sells a lot of server chips that make that sell for five times what PC chip sells for. And it's pretty easy to make a lot of money when the internet is exploding and you're the one who provides a huge amount of the backbone there. I have a fast um, question about that. Okay, so you have the Xeon, and our web server has a Xeon. Are they really worth five times more than the standard desktop chips that seem to have the same ratings? uh, For the server market they are yes okay uh, clearly they are or, or people would be the the larger enterprises would not be purchasing those um, 
you know, it's not. Why are they offering more robust environment? They have bigger caches. Sure. Um, you know, that they run differently. There's a lot of reasons why okay. you would want those products in there. Okay, what about netbooks? How are netbooks faring? You know, we have this yeah. big explosion of netbooks now. It seems right. like it's yesterday's news. It is. It is to some extent. However, um, you know, we still see some some pretty good opportunities in the um, netbook market as being that entry-level, low-cost uh, PC for people. You know, there's really not a lot of options for you to get a full uh, Windows computer under $300 except for a netbook. And you know, having something of that quality under 300 bucks is a pretty good deal. Uh, you know, just think back, you know, five or 10 years, and, you know, we've come a long way in terms of what we can offer people. But isn't price. that an area and where people might tend to want to buy tablets instead? No, isn't... tablets, the, the big fallacy in the world is that tablet sales have this huge impact on netbooks. They have very little impact on netbooks compared to notebooks. And tablets have not impacted netbooks to nearly the extent that uh, the popular bloggers and press would have you believe. Uh, you know, let's look at the way consumers really react. Consumers walking into a store or looking around for a new computer um, and thinking about the minimum amounts that they want to spend looking at buying a $250 or $270 netbook are not going to all of a sudden decide that they're interested now in a $500, $600, $700 tablet. Consumers don't act like that. They don't all of a sudden decide that they're going to spend two or three times as much money on a product that offers to them relatively similar functionality. Uh, we really don't think that the reason netbooks have declined is the, um, is the tablet. We think tablets are actually putting much more stress on the higher end or mid, mid-priced, let's say, uh, Windows PC notebook market, you know, say 500 to to $1,000, where they clearly are much more competitive in terms of price and features. Okay. Let's move to one other category, and I want to get into more general consumer electronics in our last segment. The iPhone, still incredible sales growth, really doing well, better than expected. Is a lot of that not just adding the iPhone to Verizon Wireless, which had 2.2 million new activations, but the sales in Asia and other countries in which Apple expands? Oh, of course. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the things that Apple has been able to do is to make the iPhone a world phone and to get it distributed broadly and deeply across almost every, you know, major wireless carrier in the world. And once you've done that, um, you know, they have access to billions, billions of customers. And, you know, there's a great opportunity there. And I think the thing about that is as a, as basically a one product, product line. Um, yeah, they still do the 3GS, but um, that is what they have to do to be competitive against Android and, you know, someday when they get some critical mass, Windows uh, Phone 7. Uh, it's often very difficult for a product, one product to compete against that kind of family of products where there are uh, different price points, different brands, you know, different feature sets, 
that uh, consumers can choose from. And one of the struggles, you know, Apple has had is against Android to date is that there are many more choices for people to make from Android and only one choice from Apple. Is that a good or a bad thing? Because I think for yeah. people who are not <laughs> computer or smartphone savvy, they just want something simple to choose from. If you have 42 models with very minor distinctions among them that you might barely notice, is that good? Uh, it is a good thing and it's a bad thing. So I would say yes. Uh, the fact is is that not everybody wants a three-and-a-half-inch phone with no keypad. There's lots of people who still don't feel comfortable or concerned about typing on a uh, virtual keyboard. There are some people who don't want to spend 200 or $300 on that. There are some people who may have had a bad experience with an Apple product or just don't want to buy that product because everybody else has one. There may be people who are brand loyal to Sony or Samsung and have had great experiences and would prefer to stay with them. There may be people who want a four or four and a half inch screen product and not the three and a half inch screen size that uh, Apple offers. So there's lots of variations there. And, you know, with a one-size-fits-all, Apple, you know, doesn't offer people those range of choices. They don't yes. want to. I think the only choice you have now, if you can't afford the new iPhone, you get the previous model for much less money, and that's it. Do you think Apple should or could consider producing the so-called low-cost iPhone that's been rumored? No, I think that they're much better off building a one, uh, staying as a one-product product. Uh, competitor in the phone business um you know just because everybody else is doing it you know those are all reasons why they have to compete that doesn't necessarily mean they have to copy uh one of the great advantages they get from having a one product product line is economies of scale and one of the ways that apple can be extremely profitable is by taking that one skew and writing it for a full year as costs come down, leveraging the R&D, um, leveraging an awful lot of opportunities there that, you know, products that come in and out of the market uh, can't necessarily match. Well, also, is the question of how long should a model remain active before you go to the next one. You know, you buy something today and three months later there's a new model. That can be confusing to customers, too. Again, Yes, it's good to have a choice. No, it's bad, as we were discussing. And we'll get into more of that in a moment. And I also want to ask you about other consumer electronics categories, such as flat panel TVs and whether that's also reaching a plateau, whether 3G is as yet gaining traction. There's so much more to talk about. And it's not just the stellar figures reported by Apple and where the PC and the smartphone industry might be going. And a reminder, you can reach us, news at technighthowl.com. Once again, that's news at technighthowl.com. I promise we read every single letter we get, and we try to answer most of them. We have Stephen Baker for the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey. 
Hey Neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. The U.S. economy is at a tipping point. Forty cents of every dollar the government spends is borrowed. The president of the Federal Reserve in Dallas was recently quoted saying, this path will lead to insolvency, resulting in the collapse of our government and our economy. Our country can't function like this, and neither can your household. That's why you need to prepare, and priority one is your food supply. Fortunately, it's easy and affordable with the help of Ready Reserve Foods. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storable foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available. With a 25-year shelf life, a full-year supply of quality food for two people costs a fraction of what you pay at the grocery store. For a free, full-color catalog, call 800-453-2202. That's 800-453-2202. Or visit readyreservefoods.com. Ready Reserve Foods, making preparedness simple since 1972. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma. MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. One more segment left with the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg exploring all sorts of things here. Before we leave smartphones, a report that came out this week that Apple's revenue from smartphones exceeding Nokia? Certainly possible. Um, you know, Nokia has always been um, a little bit more focused on more entry level products, even in the uh, smartphone space. And clearly, you know, their presence in, you know, high value market like the U.S. in smartphones is, is severely limited. So there's no reason that when you're selling stuff for 200 and $300 and the rest of the market is selling things for 100 or $150, um, there's a lot of opportunity to uh, drive a lot of revenue. And, you know, for all the talk everyone does about Apple and thinking about, you know, Apple growing its volumes, um, Apple's very focused on being financially successful and growing its revenues, uh, I think, even over and above growing its units. And the thing to bear in mind, too, is that an iPhone is not two or $300. That's a subsidized price. To Apple, the iPhone is over $600. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, I think, great tragedies of the the way cell phones are marketed is that almost every consumer actually believes that um, a device like that can actually be made and sold for $200. And, you know, those of us in the industry know how impossible that is. But, you know, for consumers, uh, they really just don't believe that these are really six and $700 products. Right. It's that subsidy again, which is a good or bad thing. It's a good thing because you pay less. It's a bad thing when you have to leave the contract early. Yes. All right. Let's move quickly to a few other categories before we let you go, Stephen Baker. Flat panel TVs, high-definition TVs, great thing for many years, starting to reach that plateau now? Everyone who oh, wants one has absolutely. one? Uh, they've been reaching that plateau over the last year or so. We've seen you know unit, unit volumes start to level off and even decline a little bit. Um, Certainly, you know, pricing, though, at the same time has also leveled off a little bit as well, um, where we aren't seeing the 20 or 30 percent month-over-month price declines that we had seen before. Um, But, yes, you know, certainly the flat panel market in the major, you know, Western and U.S., Western Europe and U.S. U.S. is relatively mature at this point. Uh, they are TVs after all, and the fact is that, you know, the TV market, you know, has had a, a number that it's hit for many, many years in the 35 to 40 million range. And, you know, the dynamics don't necessarily change just because you've got a different uh, way to look at the product. With a TV set, you don't exchange it every two or three years. You may buy that set, keep it for five years, keep it for 10 years, and as the panels in these sets last longer and longer, there's no incentive to upgrade because the changes from year to year are so minor, most people won't notice. Okay, the 
case is thinner and maybe they've got a few minor spec improvements, but not substantial. Well, that's true. However, I can make the same case for computers. Um, you know, the little speed bump and, uh, you know, a little bit faster peripheral connection really isn't a great reason for you to trade in a two-year-old or three-year-old computer. Well, if um, it runs applications you know, noticeably faster, but when we're talking about a TV set, you know, the picture may deteriorate over that five- or ten-year period, but you barely notice it. You don't really go out and get a new TV set until the current one is really, really showing its age. Yeah, I, again, I guess I would I would disagree a little bit with that. I, I think that people could hold on to PCs a lot longer. I'm not saying they should. That wouldn't be good for the industry. And we would love to see, as an industry, people turn over their televisions faster. Again, I would argue that um, in the old days, in the tube days, yes, those products lasted a long time, and there really wasn't much of a change in the product or in the technology. However, today's televisions are not yesterday's televisions. They have lots of technology in them. That technology is changing all the time. It's delivering brighter, better pictures. It's delivering more energy-efficient um, products. It's giving you more features, whether it's 3D, more HDMI ports, uh, smart televisions. Um, there are lots of reasons why uh, the global replacement, the replacement cycle should come down for most people in that manufacturers and brands and retailers continue to try to remind people that this isn't, you know, your grandmother's television and this is a very, very sophisticated piece of, piece of technology that can easily become out of date with the kind of things that you may want to do with this over the next couple of years. It's not just, you know, a big dumb monitor it has a lot of smarts in it and we're talking about netflix and all these other extra things netflix or the or google tv or 3d all right 3d where's 3d going is that taking off yet um you know it's still gradually gaining acceptance uh you know i think it's going to be a process Uh, we still haven't seen as much content as i think we need to see to really drive people out to be up to be interested in buying televisions you know when we look at the tv market the fact is is that you know where most of the weakness in the tv market is in terms of units clearly is in the smaller size televisions um you know we continue to see pretty strong growth in the larger um TV sizes, 50 inches and above, continue to be uh, strong sellers and gaining share on an overall basis. So there's a lot of demand for people to continue to move up the, the, the range and get bigger and bigger televisions. So again, you know, we think over time the replacement cycle should um, shorten somewhat in that if people continue to think of today's flat panel TV the same way they thought of you know, their tube TV from 1997, that they are going to be behind the technological curve. And as technology becomes more important to people, you don't want to be behind on a phone. You don't want to be behind on a computer. And that other big screen in your house, the TV, uh, needs to have that same kind of um, care taken to it. We only have a minute or so to ask this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Is this a place Apple should enter beyond just some kind of set-top box? Oh, you know, that rumor's been around for a few years. Um, 
I think it, certainly Apple has the capability of differentiating a product uh, in this marketplace. Um, on the other hand, uh, it is a category that, as I said, has a relatively um, fixed volume in terms of the number of TVs that are going to be in households. And clearly, um, there is some challenges to the hegemony of the television in the home. And, you know, Apple has opportunities with content in other areas, right, with tablets and with smartphones and with MacBooks to some extent. More and more, when we think of delivering content to people, we think of the number of screens, and people think of the different screens that they can get that content on, and not all of them have to be, you know, 42 or 50-inch televisions. Uh, they could be, uh, you know, 10-inch tablet that you watch Netflix or Hulu or some other TV everywhere that from your cable provider in your bedroom, places like that. So um, the TV market is going to change. Um, and I think Apple already has a pretty good entree into the delivery of content, into people's consumption of content, and at least a few of those devices. Yeah, that said, it's a huge dollar value marketplace. And at some point, if iPhone sales start to slow, or if you know they reach a plateau on MacBook sales, um, they are going to start to look again for a big. Um, big market to try to conquer. Where do we find more of the things that you write about? NPD.com or the NPDgroupblog.com. Thank you very much. I want to tell our listeners you can check out my stuff at technighthow.com. Once again, that's technighthow.com. We also have a Twitter presence, technighthow at Twitter. Check us out at Twitter. Check out our other wild and woolly radio show. It's called The Paracast about UFOs, things that go bump in the night and all that wild and woolly stuff at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. A special thank you, Stephen Baker. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.